Welcome to another episode of The Change, where we introduce you to the people and ideas shaping the MENA region. Our guest today is a young and very ambitious corporate strategy professional who is working at the intersection of finance, marketing and technology across multiple industries. Over the previous couple of years, since he started his professional career, he achieved quite a lot of cool things. He is one of the initial partners of Imar's 25 program that we're going to talk a bit more during the episode. Imar recognized him as one of 30 top performers three years in a row. He co-founded Profolio, a real estate crowdfunding, uh, crowd investing platform. He worked directly with Imar's chief strategy officer on a long-term group strategy, global marketing strategy, and identifying new product categories for the group's expansion. He is currently holding a position of a strategy and digital innovation manager for Imar International. Without further ado, I would like to welcome Mr. Kartik Rajrevar to this episode of the Change Podcast. Thanks, Luke. It's a super, super pleasure to have you in this episode. Happy to be present. Thank you. So um, let's uh, start a bit. Let's start about your path to the current role with Imar. And later on, we can talk about what, what exactly that means. But I would like to get a bit more insight in how did you end up with Imar? How did you end up being in top 30 performers three years in a row? And uh, how did you achieve all of this in such a short time span? Thanks for that. So the story started when I was an MBA student. Uh-huh. This was in 2017. Mm-hmm. And MR came to my university mm-hmm. and they said, guys, we are starting a new program. Mm-hmm. It's called E25. Uh, we want to bring together 25 people mm-hmm. under the age of 25 and create ventures from within the company. Whoa. These ventures are intended to disrupt the industries that we operate in. Mm-hmm so that we disrupt ourselves before someone else does it. Wow. I was like, okay, that's very good. What's the <laughs> that's job a very cool offer. <laughs> and the answer was, you create your own JD. <laughs> you are an entrepreneur. I was like, okay. Wow. Where do I sign? So they literally offer you the opportunity to join one of the largest, well, what's the, uh, the exact description of Imar? One of the largest what? Uh, we are the largest uh, real estate and lifestyle company. Wow, so the largest real estate and lifestyle company in the world. And they invited you to become an entrepreneur from inside. <laughs> That's amazing. It's the best of all the worlds. That's an amazing opportunity. How did yeah. you pick you? Why? Uh, I don't know the why. Uh-huh. Uh, the how I'm familiar with. Uh-huh. Uh, we had uh, two to three rounds of eliminations and an interview. Uh-huh. And I think... They just liked me. Uh-huh. To be fair, there were others very similar to me, so uh-huh. I can't really pinpoint uh-huh. one. Factor. Very humble of you. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I think seriously. <laughs> so um, you you ended up with Imar. There was a lot of things going on and uh, uh, a lot of initiatives that you were involved, in, and you ended up with the role of uh, digital strategy. Uh, and digital innovation manager within MR. What 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 the role exactly is? Uh, so I have been very very fortunate mm-hmm. uh, to have a boss who believes in me, uh-huh. and that's how I got the opportunity to work on this. Uh-huh. Um, many of the things that I have been involved in are the zero to one projects. Wow. Yeah. Basically, starting from scratch and then developing into a concept, and then handing over to the experts to take it forward mm-hmm. to scale it. 
and that's the kind of role that I enjoy mm-hmm. and I think I am fairly good at it mm. I think I was really really fortunate that people recognized that and that's how I got it but it's an it's super amazing to hear that uh, that uh, that company of that size and size of the company brings a lot of barriers to being quick agile fast innovative and transformative it's super uh, interesting to see this kind of initiative initiative happening look if i was still an mba student i'd tell you yes you have two kinds of companies uh-huh. elephants and cheetahs you know uh-huh. the slow ones and the very fast ones uh-huh. now having worked uh, here for about more than three years uh-huh. i can definitely say that fast companies which there are very large companies uh-huh. which are extremely fast uh-huh. and uh, i'm fortunate that my company still works like a startup what what uh, okay what are some of the major differences between large and slow and large and fast companies what makes them f- so fast uh, i think the large and fast companies are more decentralized decentralized yeah so the number of uh, hierarchical levels mm-hmm. are few mm-hmm. it's a flat organization mm-hmm. so a flat company can be huge mm-hmm. but the depth needs to be small mm-hmm. so that the so what i have observed and what has come out of many other talks is that for every company the ceo to the lowest rung of the company a lot of information gets lost mm-hmm. because of resistance or friction mm-hmm. uh, when you have a flat organization structure that loss is minimal mm-hmm. so i think uh, at least in my firm uh, we are very fortunate that that loss does not happen mm-hmm. if there is a decision or if there is a direction Uh, it gets communicated to everyone and that moves the company forward big mm-hmm. time and that helps us remain extremely fast mm-hmm. interesting and uh, i i guess the i mean it's a big question but the whole company culture plays a major role in that in that kind of uh, uh, in that kind of organization it's not enough Absolutely. to to just do the talk you need to walk Absolutely. you need to walk the talk right <laughs> yeah. uh, completely agree and Uh, MR has uh, very skilled people mm-hmm. uh, probably the best in this region mm-hmm. and their numbers speak for themselves mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. interesting okay we'll talk a bit more about uh, the industries that you you are involved in and and, and what you guys are doing doing at the moment a bit more about you and uh, there is a behind every successful individual there is a certain drive some motivation and something that excites you so that that pulls you forward that that keeps you pushing every day forward what are the things that excites you the most uh with the things that you're currently working on uh so again i'm lucky that my role allows me to work on ambiguous problems mm-hmm. uh, i'm again extremely lucky that no two days for me are the same mm-hmm. i'm thankful for this opportunity and and the drive is that every day when i wake up i know there will be some problem solving and the tricky part is i don't know what problem will it be uh-huh. and maybe that's where i get the energy from well had it been the same problem every day uh, maybe it would have taken a different mindset uh-huh. uh, but i just love the way it's shaped up to be well and usually those problems are coming out of out of where uh, business requirements mm-hmm. from a certain from certain areas that you're focusing on uh, ad hoc business requirements can come from internal or external factors mm-hmm. Can you tell me a bit more, like just any idea of the problems that you're, you're that you're working on the most these days? 
that i won't be able to tell but i can give you a framework <laughs> okay, okay framework with, so framework of how you approach problem solving uh, yeah that would be amazing to hear yeah uh, so my problem solving approach is similar to how you learn a new thing have you so my problem solving mm-hmm. approach is very similar to learning a new thing uh uh-huh. okay uh, so at least in my role uh, solving a problem first requires me to learn or mm-hmm. gather facts about it and in most of the cases these are industries or sectors that i'm not familiar with uh-huh. as someone with barely any corporate experience mm-hmm. uh, i need to focus my time and my energies on learning about uh, the concept mm-hmm. in a very short interval mm-hmm. so what i try to do is break it down into smaller chunks focus on the most important 20% that gives me the biggest results uh, and then continue that practice mm-hmm. So, so over a period of time you build that intellectual capital mm-hmm. that you can then apply anywhere. Mm. Interesting. So you are gi- literally given the problem that you're absolutely not familiar with coming from the industry that you don't have experience with, but they're betting on your logic and your skills, analytical skills to solve the problem. I would like to believe so. Which is interesting. Super interesting. So uh as as a group you are involved in in a, in variety of industries and obviously we are going through times that are let's say tough um talking about real estate uh we are now deep diving a bit more about what's going on and and and, and the state of the industry uh what are some of the major changes and since you are involved in problem solving there's got to be a lot of problems that are coming at your door now these days especially given the situation let's see in real estate experts uh-huh. uh, i am probably not in the first 99 percentile uh-huh. but let's see yeah so uh, but what 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 are some of the major changes that you notice now in the real estate industry uh, i would uh, say a hypothesis is that commercial real estate would change mm-hmm. and residential would uh, remain the same mm-hmm. uh, my personal opinion is that even if there would have been no covid-19 mm-hmm. Uh, it, the industry would have gone through the cyclical phase like it always does mm-hmm. what wh- what are some of the uh, if you can kind of unpack that for me a bit more uh, so residential always has a cycle mm-hmm. the homes that we live in the homes that we buy or rent mm-hmm. uh, the prices and rents uh, they have a 5 to 7 year cycle mm-hmm. and that repeats in every country across a time mm-hmm. interval that the period might vary from country to country mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So since 2015 I think uh, our cycle was at the peak in 2015 in 2015 yeah and you said 6 to 7 years right so yeah. okay all right and I think uh, everyone who is involved in the sector recognizes this mm-hmm. uh, some companies like MR are well prepared mm-hmm. so it helps uh, but uh, real estate in Dubai I don't think it's going through a very bad phase it's uh, mm-hmm. it's a new phase it's an exciting phase and like always will come out of it mm-hmm. um but okay obviously there there are some big changes that are happening and different habits there is going to be some new state new normal going forward can you describe me what can we expect when it comes to real estate and what are some of the trends that we that we will see uh going forward when it comes to you talked about residential and the commercial and and how this whole game will change is it going to change mm-hmm. I think uh, it would not really change for residential mm-hmm. for commercial because the consumer behavior will change so the businesses will have to change that mm-hmm. and when a business changes commercial real estate 
automatically adapts to that mm-hmm. now what would that look like uh, it's uh, difficult to say mm-hmm. uh, maybe we would have different kinds of spaces mm-hmm. uh, maybe the office behavior will change for instance it's pra- uh, entirely possible that uh, two years from now when you go to your office building the lift opens and it takes you to the floor where you want to go mm-hmm. without any human interference mm-hmm. so the commercial real estate will have a new experience mm-hmm. uh, but uh, overall it would exist mm-hmm. it doesn't die down yeah would you say that this kind of just accelerated the process of transformation that we were already on uh, so you know more about me on this topic <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah definitely yeah um commercial um real estate you are involved right in the research about other regions right you're working on the research on in 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 this market as well correct uh-huh. so you're more informed than most of the viewers and uh, and me but uh, what would you expect when it comes to, there's a lot of people working from home now for example uh some are saying they're never going to come back you can see larger companies like facebook or twitter who are saying okay we're going to stay home until the end of the year uh are there any kind of projections of what we can expect them in 2021 are the capacities that uh some large organizations are having in certain or uh, occupancy of certain space going to reduce or uh, stay the same or increase or? Uh, i think the behavior will change mm-hmm. so let me give an example sure. of how this is an opportunity uh, so mr has a co-working company called hitswork mm-hmm. and i'm just advertising for them over here <laughs> Uh, so what its work does is partner with restaurants mm-hmm. and convert them into co-working spaces during the not so busy periods mm-hmm. and that has worked very well for the company and the founders mm-hmm. uh, going forward i think uh, companies that adapt to these situations before it actually happens mm-hmm. uh, will take the market mm-hmm. interesting and uh, we are in this region especially kind of uh, introduced and aware of the brokers uh, and then there is a lot of you know, the uh, opinions about the brokers but what future holds for the brokers we can see already some startups coming into play that are yeah. kind of uh, skipping that 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 middleman but what future holds for for the brokers uh, i think one of the lenses that we can take to solve this is look at markets which are slightly ahead of Uh, real estate and the region mm-hmm. in terms of real estate evolution mm-hmm. so for instance if i take the us market mm-hmm. uh, agents are mandatory agents are mandatory agents are mm-hmm. mandatory why uh, maybe that's how the sector evolves over a period of time mm-hmm. and because the project sizes are so huge mm-hmm. uh, brokers are always there mm-hmm. uh, yes they change so we now have companies like square mm-hmm. uh, in the states which are changing the way people buy mm-hmm. uh, real estate uh, but even that is an experience driven both by local brokers at the extreme uh, in depth level mm-hmm. basically someone from let's say a particular sector mm-hmm. or a section in the city mm-hmm. and the tech enablement mm-hmm. uh, in the uae i believe there is a new renting startup called urban mm-hmm. uh, that i find promising w- which part do you find promising about the startup i think just the idea that people are trying to solve this problem uh, so so far real estate has attracted uh, very few prop tech startups mm-hmm. uh, till about 2015 after which there was a, a huge increase in the number of companies trying to solve problems mm-hmm. 
and uh, the firms are solving all kinds of problems starting from construction to handover to property maintenance uh, yet the uh, basic problem behind buying a unit mm -hmm. or renting a unit rather has remained unsolved mm -hmm. uh, and it's not just the Middle East uh, across the world there is no perfect solution to this mm -hmm. uh, so to see that someone is taking steps to solve the uh, rental space uh, it's a big thing it's an ambitious program and and it's a huge market here right this is it's a huge market everywhere yeah but especially in the country where you have so many experts uh, and people who are not really staying here long can't plan long term um, probably it, this is more emphasis here than in some other markets obviously everywhere is a, is a big opportunity but especially here right uh, the opportunity is big. Uh, however, I believe that with things like this, it's very scalable. Mm. So if I do this right in New York, I can do that right in Dubai, in London, mm. everywhere. Yeah, no, that's true. And uh, you're familiar with the concept of housing as a service, right? What do you think about it? I think it's uh, a utopian idea uh -huh. uh, that we will achieve very, very soon. Uh, only in the last couple of years have people started talking about it. Uh -huh. Can we, I think for the sake of the listeners would be interesting to, to uh, describe a bit more what is exactly housing as a service. Uh, sure. So today if you want to order food, you go to Zomato. Yeah. Uh, if you want to get entertained, you switch to your Netflix. Mm -hmm. And for all of these, you pay a subscription fee. Mm -hmm. It could be per use or per month, mm -hmm. or per week, whatever. Uh, similarly, imagine if you had something for your home. Mm -hmm. Uh, where you can subscribe to a service mm -hmm. and you it, and everything would be taken care of. Mm -hmm. uh, for instance, uh, your daily course, what do you want to eat, mm -hmm. uh, your electricity bills, your water bills, uh, everything that you hate about your house, everything that uh, takes away your time and your energy, mm -hmm. if that was solved for, it would leave you much happier. So we're talking about uh, Wi-Fi, uh, electricity, Absolutely. water, heating, AC even food to a certain degree mm -hmm. I guess that can be connected integrated with transportation uh, in fact I'll take it a step further and say it would also decide the people who are living around you mm -hmm. so if I give you a community of uh, uh, individuals who have similar tastes similar passions mm -hmm. uh, you you would find that your life is much more fun probably and productive I don't know probably for the previous six or seven years in Dubai, I don't know if I met a single neighbor and actually developed a relationship with my neighbor. <laughs> so I don't know, is it me or or just the, the state of the... Uh, I think that is changing. So uh, MR has a product called The Collective. Okay. And to me, this sounds uh, extremely awesome. Uh -huh. What this does is, it's a step towards housing as a service. Uh -huh. Uh, where you uh, buy units and so these are units without uh, common facilities like kitchens okay and but you get a huge uh, common space okay and as a community people come towards to build things and those experiences are what uh, give actually housing as a service its value mm -hmm. So you guys are currently working on the project or it exists, exists already? It exists. So you can rent like a, a room and then have a common living room with yeah. a 
kitchen and, uh, yes. and the bathroom. Yeah. Where is that? I think, again, we are ahead of our times. Okay. It's in Dubai Hills Estate. Uh, that's in the, uh, the part of Dubai yeah. Hills Estate. What's the name? One more time. Collective. Oh, Collective. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to check that out. <laughs> Thank you. That's, that's, uh, that, that's interesting. And that's falling into the whole idea mm. of us living in the future on the subscription model instead of the it's own, convenience own, own, owning model. Yeah. Hmm. And it helps everyone, right? It helps the developers. It helps the person who's living over there. Uh-huh. If you want to buy, it helps you also. Is uh, okay. Airbnb is in trouble at the moment. But like companies such as Airbnb are they looking into s- s- similar models, try to expand their business, or I think Airbnb is looking at everything mm-hmm. post COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And uh, we mentioned Airbnb, the 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 startup, <laughs> very rich startup. But uh, startup landscape in uh, in in this region when it comes to real estate, how does it look? Uh, it looks promising. Uh-huh. Uh, so, like any exponential curve, if you take it, we are at the starting point. Mm-hmm. Where if you would look ahead, you would see uh, it's all flat, but it would shoot up very rapidly. Uh-huh. I think uh, we are just a couple of years uh, behind UK uh-huh. and the leading place for property startups. Uh-huh. And the Middle East would catch up very, very fast mm-hmm. because of the market size and the fact that there is uh, no player so far. And that attracts people from around the world. There is no, there is no established startup uh-huh. in the space. Still, still. Yeah. Uh-huh. What makes us a um, couple of years behind UK? There, are there already established startups in the prop tech field that are doing well, or this whole ecosystem is developed? Can you tell me a bit more yeah. about that? I think just uh, by virtue of um, the concentration of. Uh, problems and talent this happened mm-hmm. and that is changing very rapidly mm-hmm. uh, so uh, once we have thought leaders uh, this is the next top step mm-hmm. okay I see so VC funds that are around uh, what are they currently looking for uh, what 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 areas are they focusing I think if someone is like watching and, and thinking about the next next big thing that they want to come up with where should they put their focus on where would you bet if you have to invest blindly in some area where would you invest now so i'm not a vc i'll just take a guess take a guess it's an educated guess hopefully i think they're looking for companies that give people back their time Uh in whatever form possible Mm -hmm. so any venture that solves for convenience and gives the customer back a few hours of his day Mm -hmm. uh, will strike it big Okay. So, back, gone are the days when the only focus was personalization. Uh-huh. Now it needs to be efficiency and convenience and personalization. You need to take all the boxes. All of the boxes. All right. So, okay. Describe me. Describe me. Uh, next unicorn startup of 2030 in PropTech. Okay. Start noting. <laughs> <laughs> What would that startup be? What kind of problem would that startup solve and, and how would it look? Uh, I think it would solve the property purchase and renting problem. Property purchase and renting? Okay, we need to unpack that a bit more. If we need to elevate or pitch this to the VC, uh, what, what kind of problem that, 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 uh, that users are facing? Um, I can help you find your ideal property uh-huh. in 120 seconds. 
you can help me find my ideal property in 120 seconds. Well, that sounds promising. That sounds promising. I, I think this is, and this is not original, by uh-huh. the way. Uh, this has been used a number of times. Uh-huh. Uh, a number of different companies are working on this. Uh-huh. And I think we'll see some interesting results. And I can buy it with cryptocurrency. Fingers crossed. Karthik, super insightful conversation. Thank you for coming. Uh, I hope that you all enjoyed it. You pick up some good ideas. Uh, if you have any questions for Karthik or me, please leave them in comments. We're going to make sure to reply. Uh, and uh, stay tuned until next Monday and our next episode. Thank you, everyone. Thank Bye. You.